0: My name is Sarah Jones and I am the founder and a funeral director at Full Circle Funerals. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to real people who share their experiences of arranging and then attending a funeral for someone they care about. They're going to share their tips, what they were worried about and their advice in the hope that this will help other people who find themselves in the same situation. There's lots of resources available on websites, uh, in books and in other media where professionals like funeral directors and bereavement practitioners share their tips. But this podcast is all about people with their own lived experience, sharing their accounts in the hope that that will help and inspire others. In today's podcast episode, I'm going to be speaking with Heather Cooper. Heather has had to arrange a number of funerals over the last few years and has kindly agreed to share some of her experiences and reflections in the hope that this will help others. So thank you very much, Heather, for joining us today and talking to us about your experience. And I know that um, you're very kind to do this in the hope that it will help others who find themselves needing to make Um, decisions and arrangements of their own so first of all would you mind telling us a little bit about who the funeral was for? Yes it was thank you for inviting me I think it's
1: good to talk Um, my the last funeral I've organised was for my mum who was called Beryl and she was eight seven years old Uh, when she died she died from uh, advanced cancer of the pancreas which was diagnosed in january last year and she died in august last year um, she died at home we cared for her at home and she died at home um, part of a great community she loved a family she loved a home she loved a garden so that was where she wanted to be
0: okay okay well thank you heather and in as much as you can remember because it's always hard to um to look back uh, and remember how you felt at the time but can you remember what you found most helpful when you were making arrangements for your mum Beryl's funeral? I think definitely knowing
1: her wishes, knowing what she wanted. Um, we'd had time in between her diagnosis and uh, before she died. We had lots of open conversations. for are a family that that's quite happy talking about death and dying. And we'd arranged my uh, father's funeral a couple of years before with mum. And so we knew her wishes. We knew that she wanted to be cremated. We knew what she wanted to do with her ashes. My dad's ashes were in the corner of the room. They'd been there for the two years that we always said hello to. So, you know, it it was very much part and parcel of our life. Um so open conversations, it became a lot more focused when we knew that she was ill enough to die. Yeah. Um so the sort of the general conversations became yeah, more about what would really matter to her um as she was dying. And also because it was the height of COVID, it was all the restrictions around funerals were. Uh, we're changing almost like week by week, so it's almost like it was almost like we we just looked at so many different options of funerals, and she was always really included. She 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 had lots of suggestions okay. of uh, of of what to do. So so it was it was just little snippets of conversations, not all the time, but but just writing them down when 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 she had them. So it was listening to music, listening to CDs and her saying, oh, I'd quite like this music at my funeral. Okay. So we'd write that down. Um, and it was definitely having the confidence to discuss our options because we'd arranged funerals before. And I think that definitely helps. I think the first funeral yeah. I ever uh, planned, it was almost like you're so full of... Um, you're exhausted, you're so full of grief and loss and missing that, that you don't always know your options. And so we were a lot more prepared at this time. And that was really, that was really positive because, and also we had the confidence to act, to talk about those options as well. Um,
0: That's brilliant. Yeah. You've raised some really important things there. So we the the importance of knowing someone's wishes and if you can having that conversation with them gently and when it comes up naturally and also something really important there about how experience of funerals can help you to have the conversation and and also helps you then when you need to make arrangements again because you learn and and you you become more experienced don't you and you know what's possible yeah For, for people who um maybe are in families um, where these conversations feel a bit harder because they're not that natural. Do you have any tips for people who might like to start a conversation or a a family culture where you talk about death and dying but might not quite know how to open the door to that? I think... (sighs) I mean, mum always had a bundle
1: of um, order of services from all the funerals that she'd gone to. So, you know, that was always there and she'd flick through them and say, oh, well, I quite like that. Oh, I didn't like that. Oh, no, we'll have this. So I think that is a nice way. And I think it doesn't have to be a sit down, right? We're going to talk about your funeral, right? We're going to talk about that. It's it's the conversations that are easier to have before somebody is ill enough to die. Um, Because that is a time when you're trying to think of so many other different things. Uh, It can be watching a film. It can be um, walking around the cemetery. We're a big cemetery walk around us. Um, it, It can be, I don't know, just normal conversation, normal conversation really, that you can extend. One of the things that did help me was, was and these aren't my words these are palliative care doctors it was you know if you are ill enough to die what would you like and it's not saying Uh, you're dying yeah. yeah it's it's saying if you are ill enough to die what would you what would you want
0: yeah so it sounds like as gentle opportunities presented themselves like an order of service or a reflection on a funeral actually just taking that opportunity and as soon as you did it was you know your mum wanted that and and stepped through the door that you'd open. yeah and because I, I think we all think about
1: you know we're all going to die so and we've got so much control and or wants have so much control over how we live Then it's it's frightening I think if you don't know what's going to happen yeah. and it gives you an awful lot of it gave mum an awful lot of comfort to actually knew exactly she put things in order, we were going to follow it through. Yeah,
0: yeah, which yeah. is lovely. Thank you. And when um when, in as much again as, as you can remember, was there anything that you were worried about um, when you were making arrangements for your mum? Was there anything that you remember feeling concerned about? Because I've, I would imagine some people that are listening may also have I- some concerns.
1: I think, I think it was. Mum was dying at home. So that was that was different. That was different for us. And so it was if she did die at home, how do we contact the funeral director? Are we going to, you know, what 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 are the procedures? What are the expectations of us? Um, and that was only a little worry but we just phoned up the funeral director and she was lovely and she was the funeral director who'd looked after dad so she remembered mum and she remembered us and we just had a conversation and said you know if mum were to die at home what what would you expect of us basically and it was to take our time just to make mum comfortable to Open the windows to keep the room cool to contact the GP and the district nurse, uh, but just to take our time and not to rush. And and that was actually really nice. And that was something that 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 we went back and had a conversation with Mother about and said, Oh, we've just spoken, so we're all organised. We know what to and, do. Yeah. Yeah, we know what to do. And and again, I think that gave her the comfort that we 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 knew what we were doing there was no there was no stress there was the stress of a dying but there wasn't a the stress of thinking oh what are
0: we going to do now because we knew what we were going to do um, and reassuring for her that you were thinking it through and preparing yourself and and organized <laughs> and 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 had everything everything in hand um
1: so that was it really. I mean, there was, there was always the worry about whether we would be able to have a funeral or not or, you know, yeah. sort of with the restrictions. Um, and so our I'd, our ideas were very fluid around there. We'd, we'd sort of moved from a family, a family get-together where we were going to have a takeaway from the Turkish restaurant <laughs> to a garden party to... and we were, we were extremely fortunate. We were very, very lucky that mum was able to have a funeral but we still had a garden party afterwards because she'd already promised all the neighbors and so, so for some of the neighbors that didn't come round we had a garden party with lots of rugs around and cups yes. of tea and
0: everything in the garden so that was that was lovely yeah that, that does sound lovely and i suppose that neatly leads us on to the next question which is what did you find most meaningful about the funeral itself and it sounds like actually like many people the funeral wasn't maybe just one event the funeral maybe took place in a few in a few different places and and there were maybe a few parts to it where different people came and it happened in different places so in in as much as you can choose one bit or a few bits what did you find most meaningful? I think it was the fact that it was
1: personal to mom and it was a reflection on her life, and all the way through the funeral, I could hear her voice in my head, sort of, we knew that we were, we we knew we were doing what she wanted, basically. That we had the hymns, you know, sort of, that had, you know, it was the same hymn that she'd used for when she got married and for my dad's funeral and for my my grandma's funeral. So it was almost like that family history coming down. It was was that continuity. It was... um, knowing what coffin she wanted that when we were looking at dads, she'd gone oh I quite fancy that one um but when we actually came it was almost like it didn't actually feel quite right to us so we knew vaguely what she wanted she wanted a coffin that with a cardboard coffin that was printed with all daffodils on and we and it was middle of summer when she died and her garden looks absolutely beautiful and it was full of flowers so we ended up with a seagrass coffin and we cut lots of flowers from her garden and we had the afternoon before her funeral where the whole family grandchildren every everybody just sat on the grass and we made little bouquets and then you know sort of kept them overnight and then in the morning so my daughter Sophie and I actually went and um decorated we took buckets of flowers and we decorated Mm mum's coffin Mm -hmm. I didn't know how I would feel mum being in the coffin yeah. while we were decorating it, but um, but it actually felt really nice because we were in the same room with her. We were trying to, there was no colour scheme all the flowers it started off with the colour scheme and it ended up with smartos on and gladioli and oh wow a, a flower that was lovely. available well it was garden
0: mum's scheme. garden colour scheme i think completely right. it absolutely
1: felt like she was surrounded in her garden yeah and it felt lovely and and so those even after mum had died we started making really lovely memories with her still in the room yeah doing that and so I think What made it helpful, what made it meaningful is for everybody to be able to be included and to give the skills that they wanted to give, whether it was reading a poem, whether it was carrying the coffin. My other daughter carried the coffin uh, with other grandchildren. Um, It was my mum wanted really bright clothes. She, She hated black. And so we told everybody to wear if they wanted to, it was their choice, but if they wanted to, to, to have colourful clothes, and so it really felt that they were contributing to yeah. the funeral
0: as yeah. well. So it, so it sounds that like you created a lot of space for people to be involved and participate and engage in some quite special rituals, so you've, you've talked about words, you've talked about um, putting bouquets together, so creating beautiful things together, and then you and Sophie actually being part of um, decorating the coffin and, and pallbearers, you've mentioned, I think for people who are listening, probably quite a lot of opportunities and mm. ways that people can engage and get involved. So what would your advice be, um, your sort of top tip for people who find themselves needing to arrange a funeral? Trust your heart and trust your instincts and you
1: know that person better than a lot of other people and try and make use your imagination just to try and make it as personal to you and as personal to that person it helps if you know the person's wishes it, it's, it's a gift if you, if you know the person's wishes because you, you're, you're continuing those wishes. Um, find a funeral director that will actually support you ask around you know ask for recommendations um and one that will actually give you options as well and give you choices and allow you to allow you to express and have a meaningful service that is that is right for you and the
0: people around you um that's brilliant advice heather those two bits of advice are brilliant think about the person and trust yourself a really, you know, that's really powerful. And, um, and yeah, there's a lot of different funeral directors which have different approaches and, and maybe just asking the question, you know, how would you look to help me? What would I expect from you? And see what they say and see if that, if that resonates. And then my final question, if it's okay, is whether you have any, thoughts or advice for people who um, are grieving the funeral is um, one part of a much longer journey so do you have any advice for people um, about how to approach or what might help them during their bereavement journey I think don't expect too much of yourself don't
1: don't put yourself under too much pressure to uh grief is absolutely exhausting so look after yourself definitely go out for those walks go out in nature talk to people say you know talk about your memories because i even though even though our loved ones are not physically with us anymore they're an absolute part of us and they're not going anyway anywhere at all so it's a matter of i think i think Early on in grief, you say, it's, it takes over your whole life, basically. And you, you can't fix that at all. You can look after yourself, you can talk, you can do, but it's a matter of taking them with you forward because they're always in your heart, they're always in your life, and it's, it's making new memories, it's saying the name, it's talking about them, it's um, talking to them. Sometimes write your journal, because sometimes if you, if you have, if you're used to talking to somebody all the time, you miss that. And so write write your journal, write to them. And if you can, what really helped us with our grief was absolutely knowing mum's wishes, because we were all together. We were all connected. We were all working to a common aim. So you don't want to be making those big decisions when you're exhausted, when you're sad, when you're missing them. Um, and if, if you can, if you know that, if, if you can feel that you're following their wishes, that takes an awful lot of pressure off and it allows you to miss them and it allows you to create some more good memories um, and it will get better. And what helps is actually talking to other people who are also bereaved, who know exactly what you're going through
0: um that's yeah. brilliant advice thank you Heather and I think that is brilliant and there's some really key things in there aren't there about looking after yourself and not expecting too much of yourself and talking to people and and what I would say for people who don't maybe know somebody's wishes it's back to your your brilliant uh piece of advice which is trust yourself trust yeah. what you know, and stop and take a few minutes just to think about what you know and then trust your heart because if it's a conversation you weren't able to have you 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 need to just trust that what you're doing is coming from a good place and it might be the best you've got um do your best do your best best. that's all we can ever (laughs) all we can ever do and probably the perfect point to end (laughs) so thank you so much. Uh, One thing I would mention is that so Heather uh, is also the founder of a group called Good Grief Geisley, which is a wonderful uh, community group um, and is about... Uh, supporting the community to be a better and, and safer and more open space for people to talk about death dying and bereavement so if you have enjoyed listening to Heather which I'm sure you have and you'd like to connect with her then you'll find Good Grief Guysley on Facebook and on Twitter um, and um, you'll be able to contact Heather through there if you would like to to find out more about Good Grief Guysley. Thank you for listening to this episode of How to Arrange a Funeral, Actual Tips from Real People, with me, Sarah Jones, from Full Circle Funerals. If you found this episode helpful, then please do take a look at some of our other episodes. And if you'd like any additional help or resources, then hopefully you will find something that helps you on our website, which is www.fullcirclefunerals.co.uk. Please feel free to get in touch if you have any suggestions, any questions or any thoughts for episodes which may be helpful in the future. Take care.